Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. So Matt, like we had to basically kind of focus on the game itself since everything this week has been about everything but the next game, the New York Jets. I haven't thought about the Jets once this week. And this is going to be the first time that I do because all everything this week was Ken Dorsey, was Joe Brady, was all of the turmoil happening at one Bills drive. I forgot that they had a game. And then somebody asked me on Thursday when I was heading to the game. And I said, I don't know, like normal nine o'clock. And they're like, well, it's a four o'clock game. And I was like, oh, it is. Oh, yeah, that's right. 425. That's that's not that's snuck up on me and slapped me in the face. So, yeah, not only did I not really think about the Jets, I didn't even really think about when the game was happening. Well, the game is happening Sunday at 4 o'clock. And to help us break down the New York Jets, um, our guy, my guy, Boy Green, Paul Esden. And, um, you know, boy, he did, this guy, he does a great job. He's always grinding, talking about the Jets. He's got his own podcast on the radio. Paul, I'll let you tell everybody kind of where they can find you to talk about the Jets to give you your credibility there. But we know you know you love your Jets, and we're going to talk about them with you. Go ahead, buddy, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. This is awesome. So, yeah, do Sports Talk Radio in Syracuse, New York, uh, Sal's old stomping grounds. And uh, so do a little bit of that and also cover the New York Jets for heavy.com. And then I'm everywhere just at Boy Green 25. Branding, baby. Yes, sir. So you can find Boy me. Boy Green. You know, you yes, know you're know, you a big Jets fan when your name is Boy Green, Matthew. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Credit the man child, my radio partner, for that nickname like uh, eight or nine years ago. And then it's uh, it's been stuck with me attached at the hip ever since. Well, I'll start with this. Paul, that you know, we have a lot going on here in Buffalo with the, with the firings and everything. You guys have had a really incredibly tumultuous season on your own right there in New York. Mm-hmm. The Jets have. Yeah. Um, the how do you think that the team 
has navigated through to this point since week one when we were all there on Monday night and saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers. And it was complicated even in the same night because the the air went out of the stadium for the briefest of moments when Aaron Rodgers goes down because there's a sense of disbelief, but almost in in Jets land belief that, you know, always the other shoes going to drop. So, you know, for that to happen and Zach Wilson to be thrust in there when he wasn't supposed to play all season, that was uh, there was a loss for words. But credit the coaching staff for rallying the Jets in that wild moment in prime time and everything else. And they ultimately, you know, uh, rallied the troops, get the win in the moment. But then I think everyone thought that even though they won the battle, quote unquote, the war may be lost for the rest of the season with all these crazy playoff aspirations and for some uh, even greater than that. And then they get punched in the mouth. Dallas, I was at that game. Oh, boy, they, they got obliterated there. And that was really once they kind of collected their teeth off the, off the ground from uh, week two, they lost again to uh, the New England Patriots in week three. And then that's when they went on the uh, um after the Chiefs game as well, the three-game uh, winning streak, a little found a little boxy. So I think that's where they really recovered, which is kind of weird because it was a loss. But in week four, Sunday night football, Zach Wilson on the threat of, oh, boy, we probably got to bench this guy. He found something in that Chiefs game, which they carried, like I said, after that game into a three-game winning streak. Normally not moral cookies in the NFL, but the Jets seemingly found something there, and the coaching staff kept pointing to that Chiefs game that they found something. But then most uh, recently of late, they've lost two in a row when the division looks like potentially right for the picking the Jets lost two critical games in prime time on Monday night football and Sunday night football respectively to the Chargers and Raiders so now they're kind of you know it's a boxing mix they got jabbed in the face a little their bodies rocking a little and now we're trying to see uh you know are they falling to the canvas or are they going to gather themselves here Paul Sal and I were actually recording a podcast during that Sunday night football game when Zach Wilson looked good it was funny I saw a tweet I think it was from Big Cat from part of my take and he was like Taylor Swift might think that Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in the world right now (laughs) if this is the first football game she's ever seen and she's there to watch Travis Kelsey so there was that stretch of the season and -hmm. then I watched the Raiders game and I watched the Chargers game and Mm -hmm. he looked lost so what has been the overall kind of big picture on Zach Wilson since he kind of got thrust into this position that nobody thought this year he was going to get thrust into? Basically, Zach Wilson with, you know, within reason is the same exact guy that he's always been. You know, the, the Chiefs game was perhaps, you know, one of his better games. And even the Raiders game, quite frankly, up until the uh, backbreaking interception at the end of the game, was playing one of his better games. But it's more so, hmm. That's not a great thing to say based on when you look at the numbers and everything. So it was good for Zach Wilson, maybe not good at the same standard uh, for somebody else. So he, the thing that he got over, which is, uh, you know, good for passable offenses last year, he had the yips. He couldn't complete short passes. He was skipping rocks across the pond. So he overcame whatever that was over the off season with a, uh, a lot of brand new offensive members of the coaching staff with Todd Downing, and Nathaniel Hack and all these different guys working with him. There's a few uh, holdovers like Rob Calabrese and others that really worked on his footwork and got all that figured out. So at least that's good. But the problem is he's the quarterback of an offense uh, that hasn't scored a touchdown over three weeks. So ultimately it falls down on him. We can nitpick this. Well, he barely stepped out of bounds in the Raiders game. They scored two touchdowns in a row, but both of them were called back. It is what it is. It's results oriented business. And he's the quarterback of a team that's not scoring points offensively. They're averaging 10.3 points per game over the last three weeks that's last in the NFL. Well, you do have a couple of really big playmakers. The Bills saw, obviously, what Garrett Wilson could do uh, Monday night and that nice catch he had, but also, of course, Brees Hall and what he did week one coming right back after that injury last year. 
where do those guys stand and you know the the landscape of the offense given the fact that they really can't score points but you still have two big playmakers there in fact i think i read that garrett wilson did the players only meeting thing that the bills had last week here with latavius murray calling it yeah, it it, it uh, they, they did. They rallied the troops and they thought that they needed to hold themselves accountable and figure out what the hell is going on here. Because, again, a, a level of unacceptability is basically uh, what they were sharing with each other. It's weird. You would think with the quarterback situation, you know, struggling, that Garrett Wilson also would have fallen down struggling. And then Brees Hall maybe would be in a better position. But Brees Hall actually has been struggling uh, over the last four games to get going. Uh, there's something going on with both offensive line-wise and him. It's almost like Nathaniel Hackett's been running him in obvious running situations where he's getting eaten up in the backfield. And I think that may be affecting, affecting his moxie a little and frustration of not being able to break off those big runs because that's obviously uh, a massive part of his game. Garrett Wilson, on the other hand, has been getting 100 yards every week over that same span. So they've been finding ways to get him the ball. Uh, you know, the players meeting only happened this past week uh, after the Raiders game, but it almost seemed like it happened a couple of weeks ago because the Jets offense said, OK, let's just start getting uh, Garrett Wilson the ball. Almost the Aaron Rodgers kind of stuff. Snap the ball, immediately throw it over to him, see if he can make a play and do those kind of things. So he's been a point of emphasis uh, to get the football. And the Jets have been trying to do that a little bit more with Brees Hall in the passing game with him struggling in the running game. So Brees Hall struggling right now, running the football, They're doing OK, catching the football. They want to do that a little bit more. So of those pony packages we saw last year. You get Dalvin and Brees or Izzy, uh, who's going to replace Michael Carter, who was cut earlier this week for the Jets. Izzy Abaniconda is going to uh, make his debut, his NFL debut against the Buffalo Bills. He's a rookie out of Pittsburgh. So they're going to try to do a little bit of those uh, two backs on the field at the same time to create some potential confusion on defense. Do you think Aaron Rodgers plays again at any point this season? And part B is why is he lying to everybody? Because I don't think he's going to play at all this season. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, you know, when he goes down and then we get the reports from everybody, you know, the Tony, like, it's over. Like, we're all understood. Our brains are like Achilles season yeah. over. And in some sense, even a, a bunch of years ago, that was a career ender. Kobe had it uh, at the end of his career. We thought, oh boy, Achilles, that's an impossible thing. Uh, basically to come back from and then Aaron Rodgers at 39 years of age you're like oh it's over and then he talks about this new surgery and <laughs> and a new protocol that you know we've built him stronger faster bigger and we're like whoa okay all right and we're getting these and it's unique because he's doing the Pat McAfee interviews right so we're getting yeah. these weird updates every week yeah I'm using about 60 percent of my body weight on the machines I'm doing this and we're we're getting all these updates we're like no Yes, no. That one gif of that lady. Mm, mm, uh, well, mm, mm. so yeah, that's basically it. I, I I have a level of disbelief, but every passing week that he apparently is doing more, you know, and then obviously he's doing the, you know, the sexy throwing sessions before games. All the cameras are there. That's really revving people up. So I don't know. There's a weird low level of belief with uh, fans and even the Jets building, the way they're answering things publicly, they are really leaving the door open. Like, you know, if Aaron's healthy enough to play, he'll play. It's just, wow, it's just bizarre how they're handling it. So it makes it seem like it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Boy Green, Boy Green with us here. And it's always game day in Buffalo. He's got his own uh, podcast. And it was a video cast podcast. You do it every That's morning. That's correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Man, you're you're grinding all the time, but I know you got to do that. So um, let's take a uh, let's take a moment to talk about the defense here. All right, Paul. So before we get you out of here, let's um, shift gears. Talk about the defense because obviously that's where the Jets are still very strong. Great players, scheme. They're keeping them in games. They're allowing them to maybe have a chance on offense. 
what what has been the strength of the defense to be able to do that? And if you say everything, that's great. But really, where is this team um, really making sure that they can stay in games against the opponent? You guys know this intimately well. It's uh, creating turnovers. The Jets defense did that early in the season in 2022, and then it fell off, and they were in the bottom of the league as it uh, pertained to creating turnovers. This year, they've been incredibly high. Now, that's not something, in theory, you could count on on a week-to-week basis, but somehow uh, in the Jets' wins, they're creating a ton of turnovers. Against the Bills in the Week 1 season opener, there was four. Uh, the Eagles, there was four. So when they're And they're doing it in bunches. It's so much a rain-poor situation, which been happening this season so that's really been the secret sauce of providing short fields for this offense and seeing what they can do the Jets have only scored on defense once this season that was the uh, week five uh, Denver Broncos matchup that was a scoop and score at the end against uh, Russell Wilson but you know creating pressure of course with the front four and then waiting for the uh, you know the opposing quarterback to make a mistake and then start seeing ghost and not thinking what he thinks he's seeing and the sense of pressure that's uh, able uh, to develop with only a four-man rush they don't blitz very often every once in a while those and Quincy screaming. He's a, He's been a pro bowler this season. He's been spectacular, his uh, evolution and development. But it's really turnovers and then, of course, uh, creating that pressure. And they've been able to do that uh, with that front four all season. And, and they just rotate. And Jermaine Johnson's having a hell of a year. Bryce Huff is perhaps one of the best edge rushers in all football. Quinnen, from a sack perspective, uh, has been uh, missing MIA out of action. But according to all the pressure rates and those kinds of uh, – analytical numbers he's doing as better as good as he was uh, last season if not better Paul when I sit there I was in the press box week one when Rodgers goes down and you're like okay well I think this changes the outlook for sure of this season but it makes me start to think about the long term too we all know how great the Jets defense is now what about next year and moving forward when eventually you do have a quarterback in there who's probably more competitive and can win you games like is the core of this group still very young and something that we could see lead to success long term Yes, quite frankly. So you have still uh, Jermaine Johnson as rookie deal. Quinnen was just signed to the massive deal of uh, this offseason. Bryce Huff's going to be the big one on a on a Jets decision. He is a he was a restricted free agent, played on the uh, one year deal for four point three million uh, this season, and he's continuing to play on it through the rest of twenty twenty three. But man, how much they pay him will be interesting because his sack numbers aren't insane, but again, the pressure and analytical numbers are really high. So how do the Jets judge that? Because uh, Bryce Huff and his agent are certainly going to be seeking the bag this offseason pass rushers always get paid so he's one that they're going to have to make a decision on but the rest of the secondary sauce is uh still on his rookie deal dj reed is still in the middle of his uh, three-year deal that he signed there might be a little volatility from the safety position joy whitehead's a penning free agent cj mosley's getting older but quincy williams has also signed this offseason so yeah kind of skipping around the entire board the core is is uh, completely intact uh, for the New York Jets outside of Bryce Huff, which is a decision uh, they're going to have to make. And, uh, yeah. Well, Paul, uh, I have a question about this year's team that I want to piggyback on what Matt just asked you. Sure. I look at the numbers on the rush defense. Like, mm-hmm. Is it just because teams aren't being aggressive with them because they're trying to play kind of, hey, we don't have to really do that against the Jets because it's not good. They're ranked 22nd in the league in yards per play against and 31st in yards per game against on the ground. Yeah, I honestly think, you know, I don't know if there's a a number to prove this, but I think they say Zach Wilson's on the other side. 
like let's just let's play let's almost it's uh, three yards in a cloud of dust and and right. force it back to the kid and he's going to make a mistake. I so I think that's more so than some you know crazy leaky run defense. I think that's more so what's happening. Maybe in a different situation again, Aaron Rodgers never gets hurt. And you're potentially playing with leads here, and you have to operate completely differently. I think. You know, honestly, like I said, I don't know if there's a number to prove this. Maybe it's just a, a thing we're all thinking, watching it. That's how I think other teams are approaching the Jets. And why wouldn't they? Zach Wilson, historically speaking, and even this season, as far as that goes, he's fumbled like eight times in four games. So the the fumbles are there, even if the interceptions aren't. So he's uh, constantly uh, turning the ball over, which I imagine other teams are like, they'll shoot themselves in the foot. And that's exactly what the Jets have done uh, for the majority of the season. All right, and then well, as far as next year is concerned, there's no way that Woody Johnson would pull the shoot on Joe Douglas and Robert Sala after losing Aaron Rodgers, right? Or is that possible because maybe they didn't plan well enough for the backup quarterback? Or, hey, we've given you three years and it's just not right where we need it. We need a new voice. I think you can never say never. So I think the only way is some epic collapse. So oh, the Jets are four and five right now. If they're, I don't know, you know, uh, five and twelve, or you know, uh, six and a, you know, uh, six right. and thirteen, or whatever that would be. Like you know, if they're that, that's where Woody Johnson could say, okay, I've had enough. The Jets are on this, uh, you know, the active NFL's most active, longest uh, playoff drought, and all those kind of things. But in general, I think the entire group sold Aaron Rodgers on coming to the Jets. Robert yeah. Sala. Nathaniel Hackett, and obviously this entire group, Joe Douglas, the general manager. So they all flew to California and sold Aaron Rodgers on the vision for Woody or anyone to mess around with any part of that picture. That could make Aaron Rodgers go, mm, that's not what I signed up for. And then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. So this is, you know, this is Aaron Rodgers' kingdom, and we're all sitting on the iron throne of Aaron Rodgers, and uh, we just have to, you know, listen and answer all of those things that are included. So I think there's a very small percent chance because, again, anything can happen. Happen, of course, but no, I, I would be surprised if anything of significance uh, gets altered uh, from now till next season. What is the realistic outlook for the remainder of the season? I know every fan would say we want to win every game and hey, who knows, maybe we could like sneak into the playoffs. But what's like the if we see this, we'll feel good heading into the offseason as we kind of try and do this thing all over again next year? Yeah, to your point, I mean, you know, Zach Wilson is the backup quarterback. It's hard to remember that because it happened all the way in week one because he's just viewed as the starter. But if you view it from the lens of he's the backup quarterback and wasn't supposed to play, maybe you can alter expectations, but it's hard for uh, the fan base. It's hard for, you know, the coaching staff continues to trot out. Not that I expect anything differently. Like, hey, we still have all the same goals that we had before, but obviously that's not uh, very realistic. But I'll, I'll be honest, right now there's uh, – you know, uh, the Jim Carrey, are you saying there's a chance with everyone? You know, I think they shared it last night on Thursday night. The AFC East over the last two weeks are 0 and 7. I went, what? How is that even possible? And uh, so, you know, with the Jets next two games, they have the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, which is incredibly challenging. Then the short week Miami game, the first Black Friday game ever. In theory, in a very weird way, you look at the division standings and look what the Jets have, uh, you know. It's kind of there, despite them shooting themselves in the foot and losing these two uh, winnable games against the Raiders and Chargers. So there's a, a weird, small, murmuring belief of that Jim Carrey in the back of their mind saying, 
Is there a chance we could do something here? Because they keep saying they're close on offense, and the defense has been spectacular. So if they really are close, there was 7 of 16 on third down against the Raiders. They had been horrible to this point, the worst third down conversion rate since 1978 this entire season, 45 years. I mean, it's terrible. So if that is a real breadcrumb that they can build on, maybe there is a chance that they can uh, try to make some noise with defense and in just this particular year where everyone is coming down to the means. At Boy Green 25, Paul Esden Jr. does a great job covering the Jets, talking about the Jets every day. I know you got your podcast, so you got to run. We're going to let you do that. He is on the, the radio in Syracuse, the Man Child Show, score 1260, and also heavy on sports, right? That's uh, what's yes, the sir. name of the podcast? Yeah, my, the podcast is well because I'm an egotistical maniac. Boy Green Daily, every day it. at 730, baby. Yes, sir. All right. Well, you got that to go. Hey, we, we appreciate your time. It's Thank early you, Paul. Morning. We're recording this so everybody knows. And Paul was gracious enough to uh, take time away from uh, his beautiful family and right before his podcast. So thanks, brother. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's always game day in Buffalo, baby. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> thanks, Paul. Yeah. All right. See we're we're, we're going to let you. Paul go. And let's talk about the uh, rest of the league this week, Matthew. 